Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Yuritsa. And we're two startup co-founders and daughters of immigrants. Welcome to Bilingualish, a podcast for immigrant kids in America. We've recognized through the work that we're doing with Lingo Health that there's tons of untold stories and experiences related to our families and their unique experiences. And so that's why we started this podcast. And today we're talking about what worries us about our immigrant parents getting older. Yeah, and I I guess I can kick us off. I think for me, it's being children of immigrants. I think we can all relate to this expectation of being able to live out your parents' dreams for you. Like for most of us, our parents came here to give us all of these opportunities. And for me, it's surprisingly now come with a sense of guilt of not being close to home as they get older because of this like desire to achieve and that meant moving away from home. And so for me, I think every time I I go back home, I see new gray hairs um, on my parents and that's, it's a scary feeling of feeling like I'm missing out on so much and that I'm too busy to be able to stay in the loop and to be able to help. And Jessica, I know you went and hung out with family recently, traveled back home. How was that? Yeah, I mean, I think pretty similar to you. I think one thing that I've noticed is like, as my parents have gotten older, just like their eyesight and like driving at night. And it's like, I I don't know, I think in my head, I think of my parents as these almost invincible people. And, you know, they've been able to do so much, but I think the kind of realities of getting older, the idea that like their joints don't work the way they used to 20 years ago, their eyes don't see the way they used to, like, you know, it's definitely starting to feel very real. Um, And then also just thinking about like, you know, what does this kind of chapter in their life look like as they get older? And, you know, especially with the pandemic where they're trying to be, you know, relatively conscientious and not necessarily going out and about too, too much. Like, what does it mean for them to grow old here in the United States? Yeah. And I'm curious for you, uh, do your parents want to grow old here in the U.S.? Because my parents have some feelings about that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be really curious to hear what your parents think. I think for my parents, it's a bit mixed. I think, um, you know, my family's from Taiwan, where they have a pretty good universal healthcare system. You know, there's, you know, really good social services in terms of like caregivers and things like that. Um, so I think there is always in the back of my parents' mind, especially from a cultural and cost perspective, this, you know, open question of do they kind of go back to Taiwan? But I always think it's really funny and I joke with my parents, like, they left Taiwan in the 80s. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think they know anything about what modern day Taiwan is like. They, you know, certainly don't have the same networks that they do there. And, you know, my mom always jokes, like, we live in the suburbs of Texas where you can have a lot of space, you can drive around. Um, and then going to Taipei, where my parents, um, you know, live now, if they do go back to Taiwan, like, you know, it's a very urban environment. It is very unfamiliar. And so I think it'll be an interesting challenge, especially if, you know, there's other considerations in terms of like where their friends and other family members are. 
Yeah. What about you? Like, how are your parents thinking about this question? It's so different. Like, they are on complete opposites, opposite ends of the spectrum where my mom is wants to stay here. She knows, like, we're not moving back. And so for her, first and foremost, it's being able to be close to her children. And then for her, she wants all the grandchildren in the world. And so for her, part of her aging experience is to be able to be close to her immediate family and her children. And then for my dad, he is trying to leave. Uh, my family's from the Dominican Republic. And um, I think having grown up working class in the U.S. for him means that he doesn't envision, like the way that he envisions aging is having all that space. It's having like different types of support systems that are much more affordable in the Dominican Republic, even though he wouldn't get all of the benefits that for him, like he's worked to have things like Medicare and Social Security. For him, he values much more of that, having like that different lifestyle that is much more affordable there. And for me, that's really conflicting because I I haven't gone back to the Dominican Republic in over five years now. Um, and I don't anticipate myself wanting to go very frequently. I'm in California now, and that is quite a ride. And to be able to take care of an aging parent in another country, like I don't know how our parents did it for their own parents. Yeah, like I, I joke with my mom all the time because like, you know, her mother you know, ended up getting sick and needing to kind of get a lot of healthcare before she passed in Taiwan. And so my mom would make that trip back and forth. And, you know, the nice thing is, you know, my mom's obviously fluent in the local language, can read and write, kind of understands like how to navigate through the doctors and like that whole system. Like if that were me, I mean, I was born and raised here in the U.S. If I have to suddenly go care for an aging loved one in another country, like all hell would break loose. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like I honestly um, don't even know where to begin. And I, you know, I think the U.S. healthcare system is confusing enough. But like for me, at least, you know, I've, you know, I speak English. I have had an health insurance myself. So like some of the basics, I think I, you know, have a general understanding. But I think even then, you know, trying to understand like what my parents' preferences are versus like what is easiest for me um, definitely is still an evolving conversation because, you know, it's, you know, their life and their choice. Um, But I think from the culture that I'm from and the family that I'm from, you know, being there for aging, you know, loved ones, you know, as a daughter, as a good, you know, dutiful child, like that's really important. And so trying to balance out like what that would mean for me, um, but yeah, I, I, I think for me also, there's the added layer of being an only child. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like for, for you, like when you think about your parents getting older, like, you know, what worries you the most? And like, how does that differ, you know, with your siblings and kind of how, how do you think about that? This is so intensely, I want to say cultural, but it's also very related to just how my family sees what it means to be a daughter. And being the eldest daughter, which I am, (laughs) sorry, that's my dog. Um, Being the eldest daughter, which I am, um, my sister is just one year younger and my brother is much younger, almost nine years. And so for me, I know that a lot of this responsibility has always and will continue to fall on me, even though I'm the one who's furthest from home right now, which I think is quite bizarre, but it's not surprising. And 
I am so curious, like, how this is going to play out when we each have our own respective families, especially with the dynamics of what it means to have a brother. Where oftentimes in Dominican families, like, it would actually probably fall on who, if he gets a wife, <laughs> on his wife to do a lot of this work. And the like, it would be anticipated that if, like, I would help out my in-laws. But I, that's not going to quite play out like that, I'm sure. And so I'm, I think one of my biggest fears as they grow older is how do I balance establishing my own family and establishing my family where, where I want us to be or where me and my partner want us to be? And where's, like, how does that square with where my mom wants to be, for example, where I'm very much a city dweller and my mom wants to be in the suburbs. That's how she envisions growing older is being able to have much more space. Meanwhile, that's like a trade-off that I'm willing to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, like, I was talking about this with a friend the other day. It's like the house you buy, like, when you think about how many rooms to get, it's not just about, mm-hmm. you know, your family it's about like okay if my mom's gonna have to move in with me and then maybe my dad like what does that mean and like god forbid in-laws like (laughs) um yeah i know it's it's i think these are really real considerations and i think unfortunately i don't hear people talking about it and so i think a lot of times it tends to catch people by surprise um I think it's in the back of my mind quite a bit, you know, especially as we talked about at the start, you know, when we go home and see our families. But, you know, I'm curious, do you or your families talk about these things? Like, do you talk about aging? Um, You know, what are those conversations like with your parents? Yeah, they're very contentious, actually, because the way that I have seen, I, I think to your point is, we just don't know what to expect in those. I think my brain jumps from like they're healthy now and then to like end of life. That in between, I have no idea what that looks like. And being that our parents are immigrants, like unless they have friends who are who have gone through this, it's really hard for them to even know what to expect. And because that's so far off for us, it's not something that I'm actively thinking about. And I think for me, when I jumped to the end of life, conversation it's very contentious because for my mom it's like extend life as long as possible and and I'm very much about quality of life and our conversations sort of start and end there where I'm hoping to figure out like how do I have those conversations about the in-between because to your point about these things about having to plan for do I have an in-law suite or like do I have a place for my mom that is a very financially driven decision beyond just the cultural piece. And I think for us, we're going to have to have think about how to navigate the culture and the financial aspects, because I think part of the like having this success, at least coming from a working class family, means that there's financial expectations. And given all of the situations that us as like, student like people who have been burdened with student loans and um all of the other financial realities happening right now i'm i don't know what that will look like and it feels really hard to start having conversations about finances with my parents because i know that this is going to be a huge concern for me 
I don't know how to have that conversation where suddenly it almost feels like they're turning into a dependent. And that's such a new dynamic and scary dynamic. And I also don't even know how to approach that conversation with my siblings. Like who's expected to contribute how much, both financially and effort-wise. Yeah, no, that's really real. I mean, I think like it's something that kind of flips the dynamic that we're used to growing up where it's like the parents are the people who you know make the money and make a lot of the decisions and who know kind of what's going on and I think as the aging process especially when you're aging in you know a society where there may be language or cultural barriers like that dynamic starts to fray a little bit um, further than you know it has been before and I I think it's um yeah I think it's a really difficult conversation and it's one where you know even when we talk about finances understanding you know with your life partner like you know I don't know what discussions you have with you know your spouse about this but like I think that's something where there's so many layers to this and I never know where to begin the conversation yeah Yeah, I think we're just, my partner and I are both concerned and know that it's going to be a consideration. But I think to your earlier point is, it's not, no, like I, no one around me feels like, like people are having these conversations. I think it's, like you mentioned, going to sneak up on us. And I don't know how to be proactive about having conversations because it feels like I have to pull out like an Excel spreadsheet and like, do some sort of financial analysis that I am not qualified to do. Um, and Don't tell feels- your business school professor that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, I think it, and it also contains so many unknowns of like, what will my parents' health look like in the next 10, 20 years? What does that mean in terms of finances? What does that mean in terms of like, do I, in this complex financial model, do I include like traveling to both the DR and to wherever my mom ends up if it's not with us? Like it's, and even the thought of like factoring in children, it's hard. And I, I'm sure this is a conversation for another day, but even like, how do you want to raise your children versus how maybe our parents raise us. And then if that is at such odds that you do want a separate place from your parents, like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the kind of thing that you said that really stuck with me is it's this kind of like uncertainty. It's like if everything just, you know, happens the way we hope things happen, which is there's no big, you know, health scare. There's no new diagnosis. You know, everything's, you know, all good from a health perspective. Like, I would feel a lot better. But, you know, if there's a major diagnosis, if there's something where my parents need help, like, you know, physical help to get in and out of bed or, you know, things like that, like, you know, I think thinking about where to even begin to get that sort of support is really nerve-wracking. And I 
I'm in a few kind of like uh, Asian American like Facebook groups. And recently, this is probably biased based on the work that we're doing. But like, I've been seeing a ton of posts, like just asking people like, hey, I'm in this city looking for a, you know, Cantonese speaking caregiver for my blank years old dad. Like, does anyone have any leads? Like, where can I start looking? And I think there's something to be said about, you know, making sure all of our parents get taken care of and get taken care of well. And sometimes, you know, the resources that are available, even if money is not a problem, (laughs) are very limited. And layering on the financial burden is very scary. Um, And I don't know. Sometimes I question whether I made the right financial decision in terms of being a startup founder, if these are some real concerns that we have, you know, in our horizon. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think it's so interesting. I, I referenced this at the beginning, but just like having this desire and push to accomplish and to do everything you can to not only fulfill your dreams, but the dreams that your parents brought with them to the States is this piece around like, what does it mean to be that high achiever and someone who is like in this like fast track in their career and in their lives? And then also have the like cultural expectations of being essentially like I'm getting to the point of you can't put your parent in a nursing home like that's not part of our cultures <laughs> oh hell no yeah no that that <laughs> that would be really bad <laughs> yeah and so like if they do have any sort of unexpected health need or mobility need what does that mean with the added expectation as an Im- a child of immigrants that this just isn't something you do. You don't hand your parent off to someone else. Yeah, my mom, literally, she has a close friend um, who put her mom in sort of like a nursing home where, you know, someone else will do most of the kind of caregiving work. And she actually lives in a different city now. And my mom never fails to remind me that this is terrible terrible daughter she's like she's my friend but like I shake my head every time I think about it and I'm like okay I get I get it mom I get what you're trying to tell me (laughs) um but yeah I mean it's yeah I don't like I I don't know kind of if there's any model of like what this is supposed to look like other than thinking back to like kind of the very basics from some of the cultures that we're from where it's like multi-generational households right Mm -hmm. where like you just take care of one another and then you have that village around you literally where you have folks within the community who look out for one another who like you know if you need to go to work but you you know that your neighbor's home they can check in they can make sure to you know help take your mom to an appointment if that's needed and I think what makes me worried is like finding those communities, especially Mm -hmm. when you move away from home and like, you know, I lived in my hometown for 18 years of my life, but I haven't lived there since I went off to college. Like, I'm sure it's different (laughs) and I'm sure the resources and the community is different and like just understanding that while also understanding that like, you know, I like not living in my hometown in Texas. I hate to say it, but I do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, you know, much to my parents' somewhat chagrin I, I think they get it but 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's been it's been something where the right answer hasn't illuminated itself. And, you know, I'm excited about the work that we're doing to hopefully put some of these puzzle pieces back in place. Yeah, I'm really excited to to see how we figure out how to facilitate these conversations in a way that feels much more proactive and also empowering for both us and our parents because it feels like a lot of what our desires, what the desires we have may feel like they're at odds. And so oftentimes we just may not want to have the conversation. But I think, at least for me, it would give me so much more peace of mind feeling like we can come to an agreement or at least we can understand each other and having the framework to have that conversation feels like it's missing right now. Yeah, like not making this a entirely tense and scary experience and a conversation we all sort of dread because it kind of brings out the worst in everyone. Yeah. Yeah, or even for my family like having conversations about these things I don't know if it's cultural or just my family it's like you're speaking things into existence so like trying to plan (laughs) ahead it's like my mom's like you're calling me old or like you're already thinking about me like being sick and yeah like how do you have those conversations without making it seem like you're planning for the worst yeah it's interesting because I would say in my slice of kind of Asian culture, um, you know, for most of my extended family, it's very taboo. Like, you know, wishing people a healthy life is like the greeting you give people during the holiday season um, and like Lunar New Year and all that. Like talking about poor health, talking about end of life is very, very taboo. But it's always been funny in my immediate family because you know, my mom is pretty hardcore um, Buddhist. And like one of the big thing about Buddhism has been just like an acceptance that there is an end to human life. And so thankfully, I've grown up in a household where we talk quite a bit about that. Um, my mom took me to with her to show me where she puts her advanced directive stuff back when I was in middle school. <laughs> so wow. like learn what the word resuscitate meant pretty early on. Um but yeah, I'm I like I think the kind of conversation would have never been started by me though. Like it required my mom to start those conversations and you know, she still likes to have some of these conversations at times, but it never feels like we have a answer because we just don't know what will happen, right? Like yeah. we can plan and pretend like we have like a strategy in place, but you never know. And so I think that's the biggest thing is it's like the reason why I feel like my parents and my mom, you know, feel more comfortable leaving this country towards kind of their aging um, kind of lifespan <laughs> is because going somewhere where culturally and, you know, from an affordability perspective, some of these uncertainties feel less daunting. It just, you know, in probably her mind, it makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, well, and with that, I mean, it's time to probably get back to our day jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to us today. We would love it if you could share this with a friend and support us. We're just getting started and are excited to be able to also hear from you. What's your experience been with this? 
Absolutely. And if you're curious for more, um, we're trying to put out more and more content. So check us out at bilingualish.com for our blog content. Uh, And stay tuned next week for more on Bilingualish.